Welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Flora. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. This week, we're actually doing our special other type of episode that we do called A Quick Sick. and Dirty, where we answer listener questions we receive from all of you. Before we do that, though, we have to say that nothing we say reflects our organizations. All thoughts and opinions are our own. I think I already mentioned we're real-life zookeepers, so I guess we're qualified. Sure. And sure. I'm excited to get into it because you guys love writing in questions and we answer them <laughs> we eventually answer them and so thank you for sending them in find time to answer them yeah we're doing pretty well i think we're catching up here our backlog is smaller absolutely so thank you everyone who's written in in the past if you'd like to send in questions for a q and d- q and dirty is what i was gonna say interesting <laughs> for a <laughs> for a quick and d then you can send those to keeperchat at gmail.com yeah but before we get into the questions flora how's your week going my week is insane. I feel insane. I, I feel you insane. Called me earlier, and then we had like the most chaotic phone call. <laughs> I called you earlier on the way home from the grocery store, and I almost saw a woman get hit by a car. And it's just been a. I feel insane. The energy level has been high. I feel insane. I feel like. I don't know. I don't even know how I feel. Okay. Just. Sick. Other than insane, I also haven't eaten dinner, and this is my second claw, so here's my din-din. You had time. What were you doing? Playing video games. I was playing Fall Guys with the patrons. Yeah, see? <laughs> I told you to eat your dinner. I didn't. Bad but yeah, my girl. week is okay. I worked. I'm not going to work. I'm going to start working again, that sort of thing. And then the cats are here. They're queer. They're ready to scream. And God, it's just status quo over here at the fuck fuckface household at the fuck mansion at the, at the f- <laughs> fuck party house i don't even i can't even think of anything funny that's how my week's going i feel insane okay Sounds i am good. going to the doctor tomorrow but it's not for my throat cancer so it's for your other throat it's for my <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go tomorrow to go to the doctor and hopefully they're gonna just take out my ovaries before trump wins the presidency and forces us in a like birthing children out it's not a bad idea i've got to work that into my calendar as well yeah because then maybe they'll just put me out of my misery instead they'll be like oh she's not a breeder time to just send her to the the coal mines or also just stab her and that would be better than having a bunch of children for trump to i don't know fuck or something he's probably a pedophile too right (laughs) they're all they all are (laughs) christ i feel crazy and i am crazy this is how this is going um this is your first time joining us we don't always talk about republican pedophiles sometimes not we talk always about animals. sometimes we do though <laughs> it happens more often than you think <laughs> uh anyway how has your week been is it more normal or are you gonna have ice cream for dinner after you drink two white claws i no, i actually ate dinner because i'm a good girl uh but i'm drinking a hot chalky what are you drinking you're what kind of white claw mango that's the only one i've ever had i've never had any of the other ones i'm afraid of change and and trying new things very true i don't want to buy a whole case of it and not like it and then what do i do do with it pour it down the sink feed it to my my cats i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna subject them to that (laughs) you could um but yeah i'm having a little hot chalky with some marshmallows and is there baileys in it no i don't have any baileys i need to get some though because i can knock on my door i'll give you a cup a cup of Baileys? <laughs> That's yeah. what neighbors do, right? I need a cup of sugar and a bottle of Baileys. Thank you. <laughs> oh I'll my spare god. Some. Do you remember when there was that tornado and we went to my downstairs neighbor 
and we like were seeking refuge and we brought a bottle of vodka with us to bribe her to let us think about it daily because we had tried like four other people and they wouldn't let us in we were gonna die in the upstairs apartment of our fucking apartment complex we tried to order pizza oh my god what a nightmare anyways we did get pizza he came didn't he? <laughs> he did come yes he came but in a yeah. tornado yeah and then we're just like wow we didn't think you'd come and he was like yeah <laughs> just like left immediately probably for the best i hope he took shelter i wonder what he's up to these days um my week has been he's probably good, asking though. some other bitch about numbers it's probably the same guy fuck the guy <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah my week's been pretty good i i binge watched the promised neverland on netflix it's an anime and I know I'm like late to the game, but I just noticed it was on Netflix. So don't hey, I've never me. even heard anyway. of it. So don't. Um, don't. It was good though. It was like a horror one. It was that one I was telling you about that was kind of spooky. I love it was really good. So scary stuff. I uh, I finished that and I'm kind of like vibing off of that. But other than that, it's getting like cooler here, which is really nice. And I've had the windows open and I busted nice. out a fall candle. Things are nice. Things are happening. Nice, um, dude. Yeah, but we have a little business on the front end. Because we are tattooing a man. Well, not us, but someone's tattooing a man. But you guys are getting to choose what goes on his body. What? Yeah. If you, after this episode airs, check social media. Our patrons have actually already selected what animals, like they've narrowed it down, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, they've already raised $100 for conservation. So Amazing. what we're actually going to ask from the rest of you guys is to continue that going. And for every vote, we're going to have like a, a vote be a dollar. You know, like put your money where your mouth hole is sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Suck on this man's skin with some dollars. Mm. I don't think you should do either of those things in the age of corona, but metaphorically stuck on this man's skin so we're doing like the uh, kind of like quarters for conservation you know what i mean so like all the zoos that do that program where you're voting with quarters mm-hmm. we're voting but with dollars because paypal takes fees out so we're gonna ask for a minimum five dollar donation for the animal of your choice and we're gonna have it narrowed down mm-hmm. and at the end of all of this the animal with the most votes is this man's gonna get tattooed on his body can you even believe that? Can you even believe that? This the stipulations... unsung hero of this unsung the times. <laughs> Sasquatch, you're insane. The thing is, the stipulation is it has to be an IUCN red list endangered species. Yeah. And so all of these endangered species that we're raising these funds for, no matter who wins, loses, they're going to get the money. So vote for what animal you want. You know, put your money for what animal you think, like their conservation organization, needs the money. Or what crazy fucking animal you want to see in this man's body. I yeah. He's picking the place, of course, the size, the design. That's all on him. He already has, like, a very big, awesome, like, African painted dog tattoo that looks very cool. That does sound So really he's cool. not a virgin to this. Like, this isn't, like, baby's first time. So no, he he'll be fine. he reached out to us, so he's clearly He's insane. a crazy man. He's <laughs> a crazy man. <laughs> he reached out to us. This is, we're not peer pressuring anybody. No, no, he reached out to us. I will say, though, too, like, uh, RE voting, you guys can vote multiple times, and you can vote for, like, multiple things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll probably throw, like, a fiver into each category just to, like, get get the, like, you know, prime the pump. You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. And prime that pump. again, all that money is going to go directly to them, so it's a really weird but really great 
way to make you know to like raise money for these animals yes. so we're super excited to do this really weird we are fucking super thing excited to this man and so a yeah, permanent this, scale <laughs> he's paying for his own tattoo none of this money is going to any of that this money is going straight to conservation this is all his idea to just raise money for conservation. So we thank Sasquatch so much that we are, like, ins- able to, like, inspire you guys to be insane, mm-hmm. like us. And I'm grateful <laughs> that he chose us to help him um, do this. This is super fun. But the social media posts will have what animals are available. And we'll also already have what conservation organizations yes. are supporting them. So you'll have the name of that conservation organization. So if you want to do research, if you want to check things out, again, every every dollar is one vote and we're just asking for a minimum five dollar donation each time just because of paypal fees if you give us a dollar we'll literally get 20 cents from that so it's just not worth anybody's time because it's like a percentage of the money Mm -hmm. um so that way we'll be able to maximize the donations that we're sending out to these organizations so uh we'll keep this go open for a week so we'll have a whole week to kind of see where these ratings are going we'll remind you guys it's going on Mm -hmm. and we're gonna brand a man Brand that man. Brand that man. Yes. So if you aren't already, make sure you're following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We'll be having details posted. uh, So keep an eye out for that. We're so excited. (laughs) We're so excited. And we're, you know what? We're going to cough up some cash for conservation. Hell yeah. 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 We never picked a name. Is that the name? (laughs) That'll work. Cough up some cash for conservation. Hell yeah. Love that. Thank you, Sasquatch, for being an insane man. (laughs) Being actually, we just insane. attract the weirdos, huh? <laughs> we just bring them on it. One of us. One of us. All right, you ready to get into our questions for this week? Yeah. I forgot what we were doing. Yes. <laughs> we just got so excited about putting a bug on a man. All right. So we're tackling <laughs> we're tackling two questions this week. Okay. Uh, thank you guys for writing in. This person signed their email with um, not their name, so I'm gonna assume that they want to be anonymous so thank you person for writing this in uh but she talks about how what did, wait what did she sign her a suspiciously large woman <laughs> that's what she signed it as <laughs> yes that's amazing i know okay so um, thank you suspiciously large woman for this thank question you. we love that so she wrote in and said uh, she kind of has some background, so she said that we can feel free to yada yada while we're reading some of it Aww. on air. We would never, but actually we will. Uh, so uh, the background is that she said she's been working toward becoming a zookeeper for years, only recently been struggling, and is not sure why. Uh, so to give a little bit of background, she started volunteering when she was 16, and she volunteered for about five years, and it was like, you know, pretty intense volunteer stuff. When she went to college, she got a three-month internship at a different zoo where she worked for a while while she got her degree uh, in keeping. And then after she graduated, she was a part-time keeper for a short time until she moved. All throughout all of these experiences, she said that she received feedback from her leaders that she she was great to work with and that the only thing that she needed to work on was her self-confidence. Okay. Uh, Going forward then, about a year later... She moved with her boyfriend across the country, and she got a six-month seasonal keeper job at a nearby facility. Nice. She said the work environment there was not really what she was accustomed to in her previous several years' experience, and she felt like she was putting the same amount of effort into this new place, but she could kind of feel that it wasn't going as well. So she asked for feedback, and uh, she said after six months of work, she found out that everyone said she was a slow worker, needs to show more initiative, act more like a keeper, and not an intern um what the heck (laughs) yeah and then after that apparently she got another seasonal gig for a few months where she got kind of the same feedback uh but they said her work speed was fine 
So uh, she's planning to apply for different jobs, like at other facilities and stuff in the future, but she doesn't really know what to do with the feedback she's received. She said she feels like she's kind of built her entire life around zookeeping ever since, you know, she was in her mid-teens, and she's having a hard time not taking the feedback personally, even though she knows she shouldn't. She also said that she feels like, although she's putting in the same amount of effort into, you know, her work kind of across the years, she's getting different feedback from different people, and she isn't quite sure how to, quote, act more like a keeper, or what she needs to do to, you know, become more mature, or anything like that. So, right. TL, DL, um, she's feeling a little lost in her career path, doesn't really know how to get better, and doesn't know how to interpret the feedback she's received feedback. from different facilities. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a pretty good question. I think this is one that is honestly pretty indicative of like yeah. working in zoos. Because <laughs> she yes, had mentioned I in her, her background that although all of them were AZA zoos, she felt that their standards probably didn't vary mu- that much. But I think you and I can both attest to the fact that that does They absolutely happen. do. Yes, yeah, that they're Even insane. if they're all under the same accrediting body, they're all, all way different. Yes. So do you have any kind of initial thoughts or... Um, I mean, it any- sounds... Yeah, yeah, it sounds the fact that she's getting seasonal positions like you're already like five steps ahead of a ton of people, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's big. A lot of people don't even get that far. So yeah. I wouldn't feel like super down on yourself because you've already are successful mm-hmm. as a zookeeper because that's a position that's not easy to get. Like it's not you know, like don't take that for granted sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um or not take it for granted, but just like don't put yourself out because you've already gotten so far yeah Mm -hmm. exactly um so that would just be like my initial thought and then it does kind of suck that like they're giving her feedback at the like it sounds like at the end yeah (laughs) instead of like giving her feedback in the beginning when you can maybe like rectify situations Mm -hmm. so it could be something that like after the first like 30 days or 60 days i mean usually like what when you get hired you get like a 90 day review is that right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so if you're there for less than 90 days or something you know you could ask for it sooner um and see if you can get some feedback earlier on because that's Mm -hmm. kind of a pain in the ass like what are you going to do with that when you're leaving and they give you feedback that's right like give it to you on the way out the door that doesn't really (laughs) do you any good (laughs) no because yeah yeah even like an internship program that's only three months we give them like a mid yeah and continual in review right or if Mm -hmm. there's like an issue we would like address that before even the mid review Right. Um, so that's kind of shitty, but it does sound like maybe like your, I don't know if the internship comments are based on like your confidence and stuff. I mean, that could be something like being confident mm-hmm. and knowing your routine mm-hmm. and like confident in your knowledge and your skills. And, um, I, you know, a lot of times like something that just like if I thought if someone said that you're, you're acting like an intern, like the first thought that pops in my head is like not taking the initiative, like waiting for tasks to be given to you, mm-hmm. which sometimes it feels weird. Like sometimes you feel like, well, shit, because like I'm working with animals and like all this stuff. I need to be told. I need to be like given permission to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. But like when you're in that seasonal keeper position, they probably want to see like a little bit more initiative. Obviously, that doesn't mean overstep bounds. So that's like the the line that you're towing right there and like tiptoeing around. So that can be difficult. But if they're telling you certain tasks, like just knowing, okay, there's shit in the wall. Gotta wipe wipe it off. I know trash needs to be taken out at the end of the day. Like going for those things before you're having to be told. Like that's like the main difference I would think between – 
like an intern and a, and like a seasonal keeper, right? Is like just like having that yeah. initiative to go go go. I do think I've never actually experienced seasonal keepers. I've never worked anywhere that's had them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also assume that you're probably treated very differently than like full time keeper staff. Oh yeah. For so sure. they are probably having you like under a microscope and probably kind of treating you. Like where, oh, the keepers are taking a break, but they expect you to keep yeah. working sort of yeah. thing. I can so see that I would sure. just, you know, like make these seasonal, these seasonal positions too. just treat them as like an extended working interview. Right. So like mm-hmm. if so-and-so is like sitting on their ass and they're not doing a project today, if you know something that needs done or maybe you can ask um, if a project needs done, like, just work your ass off that whole time to, like, prove yourself. Um, because that is what it takes, sadly, because they're gonna, they've already got their job, right? So they're gonna mm-hmm. sit on their butt and, like, do whatever, um, yeah. and they're gonna have you kind of pick up the slack. But those are kind of my first thoughts. Again, I haven't really worked with Seasonal Keeper, so I'm not, like, super confident in that, but I can see where you guys, especially, like, in that position would kind of be looked down upon. Um, yeah. But it is, like, a stepping stone into, like, a full-time position or even, like, a part-time position Mm -hmm. um, because you're doing the work and you are proving yourself. Mm -hmm. So I would just, yeah, ask for feedback as early as you can. Be confident. It says, says like, she tried during one of them. It looks like that. During the six-month seasonal keeper job, she tried to ask for feedback and wasn't really given anything to work on. And then at the end is when she kind of found out all of those, like, more yeah, of those, okay. like, negative things. Yeah. So that place just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and sometimes that's it. <laughs> and sometimes that is it. Like, it's not always you. Like, we've, me and Fauna have worked at zoos that we will never step foot in again. Nope. Like, they're, they, it's Good a romance. bad, yeah. <laughs> like, there's bad places to work in every industry, and zoos are not an exception. There are shitty keepers. We've talked about it a ton of times. So Mm -hmm. that, it doesn't always have to be a reflection on yourself as well, especially. So, um, you know, if you're confident in your abilities and, and getting different feedback is good. Like I think they said, like one of the other places they said her speed was good. Like her speed Mm -hmm. was fine. That's Mm -hmm. good. That either means you're like improving or maybe that just wasn't an issue in the other place and things like that. So Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, different teams work differently, different areas of the zoo and the same fucking zoo work differently, yeah. different keepers on different days in the same fucking routine <laughs> work differently. Oh yeah. So that's going to be another difficult thing that you just have to kind of learn to navigate because it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. I think interpersonal skills are something that you're not always broached as something that's going to be a huge part of your day-to-day and keeping but honestly yeah. it's like the thing that makes or breaks you because if you can't put up with the people you work with or you can't yeah. like work through shitty conditions with them or like whatever you're not going to be able to work there long term just a yeah. little aside but yeah i agree with what you said for um i rambled i'm sorry and i no. kind of forgot because <laughs> her email was really long and i don't have it up so like <laughs> yeah. i kind of forgot where i was no, going i was looking at it and it, you're right like you really did kind of point it out she started off volunteering for five years and then she got a three-month internship and that was kind of during that time the feedback that she said was or that she received was that she was amazing to work with and the only thing she needed to work on was her self-confidence and then moving into seasonal keeper jobs is when it seemed to shift and like that clicks with exactly what you said and that's what I was going to say too is that like a keeper looking at a volunteer is going to be different than a keeper looking at a seasonal keeper 
for sure. Like, if I have a volunteer working with me, I am grateful for literally them just walking in the door, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, like, a seasonal keeper, I'm expecting them to show up and want to learn to become a keeper. So yeah. I have higher expectations. And I've worked with, like, at a lot of facilities with a lot of different seasonals and trained a lot of them, too. So I have a lot of experience with that. And I know how people, unfortunately, treat seasonal keepers a lot of times, too. Because, like, the the gratefulness that comes with having a volunteer is kind of out the window because it's like okay well you're not here of your own volition like you're here to get paid you're here to learn like now's the time to get serious and unfortunately I think that I I don't know we've talked about it with internships where people like shitty keepers put this idea of like paying your dues or whatever yeah yeah on you know greener keepers and that could be something at play here too but I think um I think one thing to keep in mind, you said that it was difficult for you not to take this the feedback you received personally, but I think it's important to recognize, though, too, that they are treating you differently because you're in a different role than a volunteer role or an interim role, and so that doesn't mean that you're not good at that role, but it does mean that maybe you need to have like a different outlook, too. One thing they yeah. mentioned in your feedback from uh, your unpaid roles was that you just really needed to work on self-confidence, which it sounds like that can easily lead into bigger issues um, when you're in a seasonal, like, paid position. Yeah. So I think that's probably what's manifesting is that kind of, like, maybe lack of self-confidence a little bit. And that's what's kind of showing up as slower work pace or less initiative or, you know, whatever. Right. So I think Flora had a good point in that, like, taking initiative can come in a lot of different forms. It doesn't have to be overstepping your bounds and doing something you're not allowed to do. Um Sometimes taking initiative doesn't even have to be physically doing something. If you're not allowed to do a lot of stuff, it can be volunteering when someone asks for help with something. Or yeah. it can be, you know, like uh, asking the keepers if you can come along and learn a new task or asking them to come along to a keeper talk or, um, you know, just like going out of your way to be present and at the front of their mind. And when like a fun job comes up, volunteer for it. But even more importantly, when a not fun job comes up, volunteer for it. Um, yeah. So it, it doesn't have to be you always doing stuff on your own and not quite sure where you fit in. It can also just be like being present, you know, being perky, like standing up for yourself, that kind of yeah. thing can go a long way too. Because then even if you do the exact same amount of work, they're still going to be like, oh, yeah, she really, you know, she really stepped up and like made herself available for all yeah. this stuff. Because I a think, and, and another thing to kind of keep in mind, like I was saying, I've never worked with a seasonal keeper. You might be working with keepers who, have never been a seasonal keeper. Mm-hmm. So they don't really understand, like, the limitations, like, how it feels to be, like, thrown into it mm-hmm. and be expected to, like, pick it the fuck up very quickly. And, yeah. like, that's a totally different, like, mindset, too. So their expectations might be – they might be unrealistic. Yeah, as well. Sure. Um, But – and I think it's tough because the nature of zookeeping is to go above and beyond, like, what you're – job description is yeah Yeah. your job description your pay what's expected like that it's to work yourself to your dead for like minimum wage like that is the expectation and so when you're like the seasonal keeper that's like tenfold because you're only there for a certain amount of time and they want you to like pick it up immediately and be perfect and move on you know yeah Um, so i do think there's a lot of stuff like stacked up against you but i mean you can I don't. I wouldn't take those things personally, but Mm-mm. like you know, think about if there is like something you can work on, um, mm-hmm. 
and things like confidence and speed. And, like, one of the things, like, when I'm learning, like, I mean, it sounds like your speed was better on that one thing. But, like, when I'm training an area and I'm first learning, I'm like, okay, so, like, on average, how long does it take you to clean this building? And mm-hmm. I, like, ask – I literally ask for time frames of stuff. Like, what is yeah. the expectation? Because there's things, too, where – they tell you to hurry the fuck up. You hurry. You clean it really, really fast. And they're like, well, this isn't clean enough. So yeah. then you go back and deep clean it. And then they're like, you took too long. So I'm like, all right, motherfucker. What is the <laughs> average amount of time you spend in this fucking building? Um, yeah. And Sometimes you're not given those parameters. And you're just exactly. like blindly. And you're set trying. up to lose. Yeah. yeah. So set yourself up for success. You know, like, I mean, it might be annoying to ask keepers a bunch of questions. But like, fuck, if that means you get it down in a week and you know exactly the exact expectations mm-hmm. Um, because we're not, zookeepers aren't always the best communicators either. No, no, we're the, everyone's fucking weird. Like, we're no all one weird. That's <laughs> like the ability to socialize properly. <laughs> so Nobody true. can function as a human, and it's why we take care of animals. So, I think, that's a good I think point, it's, though, like, I yeah. think that, I think honestly, that right there is one of the best things that separates someone from an intern from a keeper is like the wherewithal and like the self advocacy to step up and be like, what do you expect from me? How can I achieve it? Whereas like an intern, a lot of time waits to be shown something yeah, um, because they're in a learning role. Whereas a keeper, you're expected to do it. So sometimes just shifting your perspective a little bit and being like, okay, I know I have a job to do. What do I need to do to accomplish it? As opposed to coming in and being like, I don't know what my job is. Like, what do I need to learn? It's just, it's changing that perspective a little bit. And sometimes that can do wonders for your confidence and your initiative too. Yeah. So I think um, just keeping in mind, you've already, you've already, you got a full, t- like you got a paid position, like you mm-hmm. work, you're qualified for your role. So, yeah. you know, don't, don't think you're not work on your confidence. But and then, of course, we're talking a big game, but like everywhere. It's going to be different. The people are going to be different. You're going to run into shitty people who don't want you to ask questions. You're going to mm-hmm. run into people who think, like, you're obnoxious and a burden or whatever. That still happens when you're a fucking full-time keeper. So yeah. you're just going to run into different personality types, and some of them are shittier than others. So just think about they go home at night and probably cry because their life sucks. No one loves them. And that's on them. <laughs> you know? That's not on you. That's their beef to deal with, not your beef so take to deal the, with. So take the things that you, can, that you can manifest into, like, actual things you can change – and then the rest of the feedback that's just, like, mean and bitter and, like, weird jealousy hazing shit, just, like, imagine them crying over, like, I don't know, their shitty dinner they made that they're <laughs> bad at cooking and they just eat, like, weird shit. I don't know. They just eat, like, burnt rice every day. Yeah, because they suck at everything they do in life. And then they're can't taking even, it out on you. <laughs> can't even make good rice. Uh, <laughs> can't make rice. They have a rice cooker. <laughs> I think in that same vein, though, too, like, you talked about um, possibly struggling a little bit with self-confidence. Thinking reflectively and thinking about the things that you can improve upon but also on this like flip side think about the things that you are really good at and be like yeah I like rock this like I'm so good at talking to the public or I'm so good at like sweeping up this stall or like whatever yeah. it is and just like have those things ready to go in your mind too so that when you do go into the job and you find something that's similar to that you can be like yes I know I can like do this well so yeah. I'm gonna focus on this and I'm gonna work on the other stuff while I can being confident in certain, like, tasks and attributes is not bragging. It's, like, I'm confident in that area. Like, I yeah. think I'm a good public speaker. Absolutely. I think I'm good at that. I know I'm good at that sort of thing. And, and those can, like, carry you through the moments where you don't feel confident. And yeah. you're, like, working on building that up. 
And being honest, like I'm in a position mm-hmm. now where I'm working with animals I had never worked before. And when I first started, I was like, damn, I'm going to knock like this penguin bit out of the park. But like that other shit, like you're just going to have to tell me what's up. Like, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And then every time someone was like doing like a catch up or doing something else, I was like, I'm tagging along because I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just being honest about that stuff, too. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point. I think people are so hesitant sometimes to admit that they don't know how to do something or know yeah. what something means. And oh, I tell everyone I'm a donk every day. Because <laughs> then when you do something really well, they're like, well, the donk achieved something. A plus. And they're like, expectations are very low. It's well, great. For the most part, though, too, like, little secret here, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. There's probably, like, two no people in your knows. entire department that knows how to, like, <laughs> catch up that bird. Or, like, you know, to, like, I don't know, do, like the best way to like clean this room or like that know where that fucking spigot is yeah we're winging it man we're all winging it literally no one knows so if you're the person who has the confidence to be like i don't know what that means can someone explain it to me then you know there's gonna be like four other people around you that are leaning in like eavesdropping (laughs) like ooh, this now's my chance to learn too um so yeah just like take that confidence for things that you feel good in and help it fuel you to the other things and i think like, we talk about this during our, like, job interview prep and stuff, too. But if you receive feedback that maybe you weren't expecting, um, or even if it is feedback you were expecting, ask them about it. Ask for details. Ask what you can do to improve. Like, get into it. Don't just have someone be like, we really th- think you're a great worker, but you need to, like, pick up the pace. You need to show more initiative. Yeah. You need to be more mature. And then just leave. Like, be like, okay, what were some examples? What can I do to fix it? Yeah. Like, How would you, you suggest... Like, yeah, what would you have, like, expected of me? Or, like, what would you have thought I should have done differently? Or anything like that. Like, get into actual specifics. And if they can't think of anything, then they're just writing something down because they had to write something down. (laughs) Which I've had happen. They're like, oh, actually, I gave you a three on this one because I can't give you all fives. Okay, well, that sounds like a lie, actually. (laughs) And you suck at doing reviews, I think, actually. So maybe do better at your job. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the perfect opportunity to not take it personally, but actually to to get another perspective. Because they're like Flora and I get told all the time that we do things terribly, <laughs> and we get feedback for it, and we can like change it, you know. And I'm like, man, that's your opinion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. And then I go home, and I'm like, man, they're so right. <laughs> oh, I know. Man. I go home, and I'm like, damn, eat your burnt rice, bitch. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's the perfect opportunity to, like, have some self-reflection. And especially, yeah. especially if it's the end of a job, like, an end of a seasonal keepership that you're not going back to. Yeah, fuck cares, it. dude. Get all the information you can from them. Because, like, you're going to take what you learn and you're going to apply it to the next place and be, like, twice as good. Yes, you're getting shit from them. This is a two-way street. Yeah. You need to get shit from them. Yep. You learn Absolutely. from that position. But yeah. remember, like, there's so many dumb people that are just dumb in this world, and you have already gotten a paid position as a zookeeper. You're like, I said, yeah. like, three steps ahead. You're like 75,000 steps ahead. Like, 75,000. And you've also, already had people tell you that you're, like, really great at certain things, so. Yeah. Like, when did this great. person email us? How long ago was that? This was in the middle of July. <laughs> so. Okay. So they might still need our advice a little bit. Yeah. But what if they're just like a full-time zookeeper now and they're just like uh they're listening and they're like you guys are stupid this is still you know what though this is still helpful for people to this hear. is helpful for everyone that's good advice for everybody everybody um, well thank you for writing in we super appreciate it hopefully yeah. that was helpful yeah and i think um i think it's just a good it's a good meditation on self-confidence for everyone 
just yeah stand up for yourself be proud of the things that you've accomplished and look for chances to improve whenever you can yeah none of us are perfect i mean flora and i are perfect, no but everyone else is everyone like, else sucks everyone else struggles and we get it so everyone makes mistakes like, <laughs> everybody has those days everybody has <laughs> those days <laughs> anyways um so thank you suspiciously large woman for writing it <laughs> that's a great that. question Alrighty, so our second question is coming to us. So, uh, from Mike. Thank you, Mike, for writing in. Thanks, Mike. They said that they are a keeper, trainer, presenter with their zoo's ambassador collection. And so, they, of course, work free contact with their animals. Yeah. Uh, they said that one thing they found over the years is that sometimes ambassador keepers seem to be treated like the zoo's leper colony. <laughs> and they said, excuse me, guess that would be the zoo's uh hansen's disease call <laughs> nice. uh but he said that a few people in the animal care hierarchy seem to look upon us as quote bunny hugging freaks from another planet not to mention free contact is the devil's workshop <laughs> they said that even some of the regular keeper staff hold them at an arm's length uh and don't really seem interested in like being in their area at all so what they're just the wondering hell? yeah they're just wondering what our experiences are and our views about ambassador collections and their keepers um, he said, maybe we really are just bunny hugging freaks from another planet, which you absolutely <laughs> are. <laughs> uh, so thank you for writing in. This is a good question. I know we've talked about ambassador collections a little bit before, but I thought this was a good question anyways, uh, to revisit. So what are your general thoughts on ambassador keepers and their areas and their Yeah, I'm honestly like shocked by that question because I yeah. haven't had that ex that experience that people think of them like that so that's awful because i didn't really realize that but I they are it's... very different than the rest of like a zoo's collection typically so i can yeah. see how that could be well i think zookeepers just love to feel high and mighty about themselves and they will step on anyone to do so even like fellow keepers <laughs> the bonkers thing to me okay so like if you don't know the ambassador or like the outreach program is typically mm -hmm. Um, made up of a number of different species. Like, oh, it's super huge diverse. Numbers. And they're the ones who are, are going to be doing those, like, one-on-one, -on -one, like, animal sessions in the zoo, right? Like, in the park. Like, they're, if you've ever, like, touched a snake in the middle of a zoo, that was probably the ambassador program, right? Like, they're mm -hmm. there. They're teaching you. Have you ever seen a cheetah walk through a zoo? That was probably the ambassador keepers. If the zoo ever came to your school as a child, that was probably the ambassador keepers. Like, yeah. they're doing a ton of stuff, and they're doing those outreach, and they're the ones that are actually, like, physically teaching humans about animals. Like, I feel like they do that PR, like, public interaction part. Yeah. More so than, like, any On of steroids. the other departments. Yeah. Yes. But so it's a lot of different animals. We actually we dabbled in it, you and I. Remember we took a <laughs> we took some bearded dragons to a bar? It was the weirdest thing. Like, <laughs> like I had like a prehensile tail skink. You did. You had a prehensile these, tail like, skink. Hypodermic needle claws that just like hung out on my arm all night while I stood by a heater. <laughs> and I had a bearded dragon and yeah, we had to hold them up to the heater because it was also winter and they had us standing outside in a in like a bar. And all these drunk people were like, they did not give a single shit about us. No, they didn't. So, like, it's hard out there for ambassador keepers, yo. Like, nice what? To them, dude. Fuck. What? We, like, we literally only dabbled in it, and you guys are doing it full time, like, unbelievably strong. Yeah. So, like, my experiences with ambassador, like, outreach keepers is they're always, like, the super personable zookeepers. Yeah. And they're the ones that, like, actually like talking to people. They like education. They like teaching. And they're, like, really 
they're always like so excited and like they're always like on crack i feel like they're always like just like doped up on like coffee or something and i'm just like whoa i feel like from the like energy. the moment they awake they're just like yes they're always like happy i don't know they're That's... like the theater kids of the <laughs> they are they are they're the theater kids uh yeah. but yeah and they always they take care of so many different species so it's like I mean, like, I'm not saying some jobs are harder than others, but, like, they're taking care of so many different taxon that they have to know. So, like, I take care of motherfucking penguins, yo. I gotta know one thing about one thing. Yeah. They have to know, like, a hundred things about a hundred things. Yeah, they've got, like, 50 birds they use in a bird show, and they've got, like, a bunch of rats and, like, reptiles, and they've got, like, all these stick bugs that they bring out, and they do all of these. And a fucking tamandua and, like, a cheetah. And a fucking binturong, and like a fucking serval, and like a bird of prey, and an armadillo. And they, have to, like, they have to know how to take care of them. They have to know how to handle them. They have to know how to interact with the public. They have to be like how to transport and them, engaging. Yeah, they have to like transport them. Like they are. I feel like they are just so varied in everything because they're just all over the place. Like they're yeah. just crazy busy. Um, also that one time that we at that other place when we would do ambassador work they would make us wear like a show shirt so we would have like our disgusting zookeeper disgusting shirt on and then they would give us a button down show shirt that everyone shared and never got washed and we would put that on over our rotten zoo shirt and then we would go do like a show yeah, what a, what why did we do nightmare. that and they looked worse because they like weren't our size like it was just like we came out of a box it was <laughs> insane that was insane zoos are insane yeah i mean i think i think again that like animal care people love to just shit on each other and there's always they're like, gonna weird, find someone to shit on yeah there's always like a weird unnecessary hierarchy in place and so the the ones that take care of like super exotic animals always look at, down on the ones that take care of domestic animals. Oh yeah, and then, the, like, like the farm keepers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's so dumb. There's always this idea of like, well, like I actually work with the like dangerous animals. Like it's like cool it. Excuse Tiffany. me, bitch. <laughs> Have you ever been bit by a macaw? Like <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, this cool- bird can take my <laughs> finger off. <laughs> cool it, Tiffany. No one cares about your problems. No um, one cares. It's just like there's no reason for that, you know. There's just no fucking reason. And I think that, like, we all have our strengths. And like you said, the ambassador keepers are always, like, the most charismatic people. They, they have to deal with the public 99% more oh than any other keeper. So, oh like, God. honestly, the, like, mental strength that they have is, like, through the charts. And, and they always have snakes. They've talked to so many people about, like, how, like, not to kill snakes. And then everyone yeah. tries to, like, touch the snake backwards. And they're, like, constantly <laughs> telling people how to, like, properly touch an animal. Two like, that is exhausting. Yeah. How do they live? How do they even live? I don't know. But I just think that's fucking dumb. Like, if you've got beef with someone because they don't take care of an exotic enough animal, why don't you go fuck yourself and go eat your burnt ass rice? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the who has the energy? Is burnt rice. <laughs> who has the energy? Who has the time? I just don't understand that. I don't I get think it. that, like, we barely make any money. We can barely survive. And why are we pitting ourselves against each other? Like, zookeepers need to be, like, a collective. Like, I'm not saying unionize, but I'm saying we should unionize. <laughs> I'm not saying unionize, <laughs> but I am saying that we should definitely um, unionize. <laughs> but there's so much, right? And I feel like it's so, like, the zoo just lets it happen. Like, they want that competitive bullshit 
angst because then the the heat isn't directed to them. But like, yeah. don't be mean to your fellow keepers. Like, come on. And like, maybe everyone's just bitter because like they've seen an ambassador keeper like talk to a normal human as a normal human, and they like envy that experience because they like cry every time they have to make a phone call, like the rest of us. Maybe. But like, like come everyone's, on. Everyone's job is hard though. Just because yes, and with ambassador animals, they're not shoveling a thousand pounds of feces every day does not mean that their job isn't hard. No, they're spending like 10 hours a day fucking operant conditioning. Yeah, and they're dealing with the public. And (laughs) they're like, I mean, a lot of their animals probably have like shorter lifespans. They probably deal with a lot of turnover, which is really like emotionally tough. Yeah, rats don't live forever. Yeah, so like, there's not a fucking competition. And I think at the same time, like, if you're sitting there and you're shitting on ambassador keepers and you're sitting behind the scenes doing whatever the fuck your job is you should be grateful because if they weren't there you would be out talking to the public more than you already are so right like you honestly owe them a lot (laughs) but i wonder too if it's like that there's like that old school zookeeper bullshit that we're still dealing with with today like like can they die already there's like those older people who like they never did any positive reinforcement oh, yeah. and they just like smoked doobies in the back of the zoo and just like fed <laughs> animals and that was all they did. And then they're so against like operant conditioning, training and enrichment and yeah. then ambassador keepers, right? Like that's all positive reinforcement. That's training every experience. And they're literally like the pros at it. Like they're oh like my the god! Best. Yeah, they're super good at it. Every experience, every time they see an animal and they're asking an animal to participate – it's voluntary, and they're using training, and they're bonding with their animals. So it's probably those same old school zoo- zookeepers who were just like bitter about life. Yeah, I'm assuming who were just like jealous over the bonds that you're having with your animals. But probably. I mean, like, yeah, I don't see. I just think that's such a shitty take to to look down on a on a different area, and yeah. specifically the area that's like actually doing like what zoos are meant to do. <laughs> The whole, like, education part and, like, the connection between, like, animal and human is literally that program that you're shitting on. Well, I think the people that are shitting on ambassador keepers are the ones that are miserable with their job and they're upset that ambassador keepers aren't as miserable as they are. Well, they're just not doing it, right? They're not going down there. Like, if you actually go down there and see the bonds that those people have with those animals and you meet those animals, they're so charismatic. Yeah. Like, it's so, like, oh, my God, a skunk? Like, hello, adorable. <laughs> hello. And, like, it doesn't have to be – I mean, they do have predators, though. They've got, like, servals and clouded leopards and crazy shit now. Like have got birds of prey and, like, tarantulas and, like, all this, like, crazy shit. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. Some of them, like, what – there's, like, a fucking Andean condor walking around somewhere as an ambassador <laughs> animal or something. That fucking thing. Andy? I don't know what his name is. Jesus Christ. There's yeah. crazy stuff. I just think so, miserable people trying to make other people feel miserable, and this is exactly what that is. Yeah. And I think it, like, it lends to the, like, shittiness that people have toward, like, free contact with ambassador animals, too, which we already touched well, on. Well, okay, yeah. So he did he did say, like, free contact is, like, the, the devil. The devil's workshop. <laughs> that's a, And I think that's an old shitty take, too, right? Yeah, it is. And, like, think about it this way. Like, take, for instance, me. I work with gorillas. And I work with them, protected contact, and we do a lot of training with them. However, there's a big difference between having the trust in place to work with your animal through a barrier that they can't possibly get through than to be working free contact with an animal that could, like, gouge your eyes out. Like a fucking, I don't know, fucking hawk or something. You well, know, all or of like those animals, eagle. regardless of size, any animal can injure you. Yes. Like, seriously, like, any animal can. But that's what I mean, is, like, they're not only having to, like, 
be the best at training, but they're having to do it in like higher stake situation. And they're having to do it with a lot of animals that are like free flighted or can just like fucking leave if they want to, you know? Yeah. So like they are like the best at what they do and their relationships are so strong. Like it's easy enough for me if like one of the gorillas I work with gets mad and he like, you know, fucks off somewhere and doesn't want to work with me anymore. But then it's another thing entirely if you're doing a bird show and your bird flies away. Yeah. Then what are you going to do? Like, it's, like, it's what I'm just saying is, like, they're so talented, and they're obviously amazing at what they do. Don't be fucking And the shitty. birds, the birds do fly away. They do. They come they back, do. but they do, do fly away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's just, like, there's such an amazing amount of, like, choice and trust and stuff involved with a lot of ambassador keepers right. and their animals that I think lots of other departments should emulate like they should they should bring well, that yeah. into their own practices they're being enriched anytime they're doing a training session anytime they're having an interaction with the keeper they're being enriched yeah. like tenfold when some of these other areas like we're doing Those it once a day period <laughs> down in ambassador animals are like the most enriched like <laughs> they living like the best rat life <laughs> they're just having yeah. like the best time and we should strive for that for all of our animals like learn we from literally them. like what did we, we had like serval kittens uh as our we had several kittens we were raising to be ambassador animals we had um the cheetahs we had gosh i'm trying to think yeah tamanda was um gosh remember that tegu we had a spoon feed that tegu (laughs) i had to train a guinea pig once for like a training workshop and it was so fucking hard like i'm used to just dealing with animals that are like predators they're big they're intimidating that's what they do and so when I had to deal with this, like, little itty-bitty prey animal that was terrified of everything, like, I had to, like, rethink how I learned, how I did everything my entire fucking life. Yeah. And I had to, like, figure out just how to, like, rethink the entire process and start from scratch. And it was so hard, but they're doing that on, like, so many different facets. They get to know all these different personalities, and they cater everything to all of them. Like, they are, like, the most detail-oriented <laughs> keepers out there. Like, if yeah. you're miserable... And you're taking it out on them. That seems like a you problem. You should be hailing them. Like, you should be absolutely just, like, groveling. Master keepers are incredible. They're so talented. I feel like they are the true leathermen of zookeeping. They're, like, the multi-purpose tool. Yeah. (laughs) They can just, like, do anything. And it's weird, too, that he says, like, um, they don't even want to, like, come to the area. Like, they're not interested in the area. Like, I think that's just, like, a... That's just a bad person. Because there's not a single... Thing that like a, another department can come to me and be like flora do you want to fucking feed the komodo <laughs> dragon do you want to feed a bird do you want to feed a fucking ferret do you want to feed a guinea pig do you want to feed our moray eel do you want to feed this like fucking snapper i'm gonna say yes every goddamn time because that's yeah incredible. you don't even have to tell me what it is like I'm on i my will way. just be there it can be a dung beetle and you want me to like take a shit in a field i think that's cool as hell like all <laughs> animals are cool yeah no matter what they are and like whoever is like shitting on that it they're just like taking life for granted like that that's just bizarre to me i don't really get that they've There's lost being it bullies man stoop kid's yeah. afraid to leave his animal stoop and he doesn't want to set out in the world yeah but there's some people that are just like they like that they're like that they think they're better than everybody else like no matter what they work with but at the same time, know. we now know that they go home and eat burnt rice for dinner. So just, so. like, send in this podcast anonymously and be like, I don't know why, but this made me think of you. And then we're just in here being like, <laughs> you eat shit. You're a terrible person. <laughs> we Fuck will do you. the yelling for you. Absolutely. I'm happy to insult anyone. But no, I think it. that's a, it's obviously a super important position in zoos. Yeah. Like I said, it's like the, the point. 
you guys are like the point. Yeah. The bird shows, the encounters, the interactions, those are why people come and those are the memorable parts of their experiences. And you're like the when face they're of all the keeper staff. Yeah. So you're what everyone sees and you're the person that all the kids are like, I want to be you when I grow up. That's so yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. So mm. it doesn't matter what animals are, small, big, large, carnivore, reptile, rodent, like whatever. I mean, just don't listen to those people. They're fucking stupid. Bunch just of fucking bullies. Rice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And like poking their own buttholes. It's so shitty too. I just hate that we get, I mean, thank you for writing in, but I just, it's just so sad that like people are dealing with that stuff. I just like think there's, zoo. well, I think you nailed it. Like there's shitty people everywhere. There's just going to be bullies everywhere. And like, yeah. There's such a haughtiness attached to zookeeping sometimes. People are so full and there's, of themselves. Like, and, like, I'm not saying I'm, like, innocent. Like, there's definitely times where I've been, like, wow, the zoo spends so much money on, like, elephants or whatever, right? Like, I don't – I mean, I work with penguins, but, like, as far as animals go, birds – some people just don't like birds. They don't think they're fun. They don't think they're charismatic, whatever. So, like, I get that sometimes, too, and so sometimes I get frustrated and I'm, like, fuck that animal. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I don't – hate that zookeeper and if they're like hey do you want to feed the elephant i'm like yes and then do you want to meet the penguin and they're like yes and like you can tell we're both having fun with like these different experiences and stuff but and all of our jobs are so hard we should just be spending that time building each other up and like giving each other opportunities and not that's what i'm saying secretly being shitty yeah like we're not always in competition with each other like chill out yeah you You guys (laughs) ask for more money get benefits that's Match my 401k, you dumb motherfuckers. Let's go. Get more than like a pizza for a zookeeper week. You Fuck. Know? Like all of these things are things that we could reasonably accomplish if we're not fighting amongst each other. What the? If fuck? we're not talking shit about Mike and ambassadors. <laughs> oh, I'm God. sorry. I hope that hasn't happened to him. That sucks. But anyways, TLDL. Uh, don't let it bother you, man. They're <laughs> happy with their own fucking lives. And yeah, I think we you love... guys are rad. And you're obviously, like, so good and so charismatic and, like, great at public speaking, which is a skill that, like, no one has. So good and on you. And you have so much training experience. Like, you're an yes. asset to zookeepers who are coming in and they don't have that experience. Like, yeah. Obviously, you have, like, a, probably an enrichment training coordinator or whoever. But, like... You guys, like, especially in some of our, some of the zoos I've been at, they train so many birds. And they yeah. have so many birds that if I have, like, a bird question, I'm just like, you've probably already shaped this goddamn behavior, like, 75 years ago. How'd you go about it? <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. Such pros. It's, yeah, there's such a good resource. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you again for writing in. We hope you haven't thank been you. bullied. Hopefully if that you have been bullied, <laughs> If you haven't bullied, um, give us their address and we'll send them poo in the mail. I will shit in a field for a dung beetle or for your bully. <laughs> Let me know. I will do it for the benefit of this beetle or for the detriment of your bully. <laughs> Let, Let me, me know, know what you need. Just fucking let me know. All right, so now we're on to our favorite part of the episode where we answer some would you rathers. So now that we're especially Whoa. in the spooky month of the year, October, I can't everyone. handle it. I can't handle no, it. I can't even believe it. Whoa. I went on Twitter and I asked people to give us some spooky themed would you rathers. And okay. for everyone out there, uh, usually we ask would you rathers from, um, you know, various people for all of our Q&Ds. But 
every time we do a Q&D going forward, we're going to be asking on Twitter. So if you want to participate in the future, uh, and you'll get a shout out on the show for writing in, if we choose your would you rather, then you can follow us on Twitter. So make sure to do it there if you're interested. So I'm going to pick a few at random here, and <laughs> some of these are not really spooky. They're just weird. So of I'm going to try to, <laughs> I'm gonna try to stick to the spooky the theme. Ones. We have a theme. Yes. Um, so thank you, Ethan, first off, from our Discord, one of our patrons, for <laughs> transferring a bunch of these to Twitter. <laughs> You're the best boy. Uh, but M wrote in, and she asked, would you rather have to chop up a whole pumpkin with a dull knife or clean up a cos- closet full of cobwebs with your bare hands only? And she did note that the cobwebs are unoccupied. I'll take the unoccupied cobwebs because that just seems faster. A dull knife, I'll probably stab myself. And I'm not going to stab myself really with a cobweb. Thick. Have you ever <laughs> yeah. like got a pumpkin and you you want a jack o' lantern and you open that bitch up and the walls are like three inches thick and it's all wall? <laughs> what the hell? Gave them the right. Wear him guts. Some of them are so thick. They're really thick. I'm doing cobwebs because it's probably just people skin and like cat hair honestly that's what all the dust is in my in my house people skin and cat hair (laughs) no spiders at all it's just like a cat hair cobweb (laughs) it is horrible okay um yeah i agree i'm going with the cobwebs because if i try to cut it with a dull knife i'm gonna stab myself yeah all right so would you rather be oh i'm sorry this is from dweeb would you rather be trapped in a legit haunted house with danny devito or (laughs) trapped in a coffin with arnold schwarzenegger Oh my god! There's no room for me in an Arnold unless it's like XXL. It's a it's a queen coffin. There's room for two. I love haunted houses, so I'm gonna pick the haunted house. Number it's one, because I get haunted. I get a little. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was thinking like going to like a spooky, like a really good haunted house. No, it's like yeah. an actual haunted house. Oh, but okay. Danny DeVito's there. You know, I'm still going to pick that because the coffin gives me anxiety. Am I buried alive? Am I okay? Like, is someone coming for me? Yeah, can I leave? Are we trapped for eternity? Yeah. Like, at least I'll have room to go potty if I'm with Danny. Like, I can go potty in the haunted bathroom. I Probably think I would have flush. a... Yeah. I think um, I'm going to go with the haunted house with Danny DeVito, too. One, because I love him. And two, big, like, big people and small spaces are two of my biggest fears. <laughs> so, <laughs> trapped in a coffin with Arnold Schwarzenegger is like through the roof. Um, also, Danny DeVito's legs are about half as long. I have really long legs. They're like half as long as mine. So uh-huh. I could probably outrun a bitch like so easy. So like if I need to yeah. trip him and sacrifice him, that would be easy for me <laughs> to do. That's sad because I was just going to say I hear Danny DeVito in real life is like so nice. <laughs> so like I, I was going to say I think he'd be really good company. Okay, but if it's house. me or him like, I'm sorry, like, I kill him. <laughs> I don't have, like, famous people worship. You're dead to me, dude. It's me or you. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Yeah, I get that. I think I would probably, they'd probably make a fucking movie out of me if I did live. Like, oh my god. And then I'd be famous. And I would be the famous one. <gasps> and then you'd be the Danny DeVito. And it's cyclical. <laughs> and then in 25 years, they'd be like, would you rather be in a haunted house with Flora? <laughs> <laughs> or in the Fuck. same coffin with Arnold. He's still there. He's still alive. He's still fucking there. Um, that was a good one. So here's one from Hornbill. Thank you for writing in. Would you rather all of the animals you work with be invisible or all be filled with helium and constantly floating? 
<laughs> oh my god. I guess constantly floating because yeah. the invisible part seems chaotic. How can I even take care of them? The invisible part is sinister because like some shit's gonna go down for sure if they're invisible. I but get if they're floating, so much more. Ow. Yeah, but if they're floating, I at least know where they are. Yeah, that's just like that last scene in Willy Wonka. Like that's fine. That turned out <laughs> fine for them. Yeah, that worked out okay. They turned the fan off in time. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. So this one, <laughs> this one was from Noel. It's not the spookiest one, but I, it was also a pretty good one. So he said, would you rather have pants that never wear down, but sometimes speak in tongues to invoke mischief, or a supply of infinite pants that don't wear down, but fall apart when a guest asks a dumb question? <laughs> oh my God. We would be nude constantly. I'd always be naked from the waist down. I have to wear two pairs of pants. I'd have to have my cryptic disintegrating pants and then like an extra layer because they're constantly. So I have to go with the first one because I just don't want to be pantsless that much. Uh, I would just, there'd be no point in wearing pants anymore. Unless the mischief is him just erase, like making himself invisible and then we're at the same end game. <laughs> so true that everyone's just looking at my booty don't look at my booty uh <laughs> yeah i think i just have a vision of like my pants disintegrating um just the moment a guest makes like eye contact with me <laughs> and then you have to answer their happen. stupid question pantsless that's awful yeah no thanks <laughs> pass pass so this one is from the jungle gym queen thank you for writing in she asked would you rather have a ghost monkey stare at you while eating its own fecal paps while you work Ew, or Work with invisible millipedes that like to scurry up your sleeves. Everybody's on the invisible train today. They love the invisibility. Like, what if I couldn't see? <laughs> okay. <laughs> or an invisible millipede? Millipede? Yes. Okay. That so likes I'm to not scurry gonna... up your sleeves. It's non-venomous, at least. Like, forever? Or is this just like once? <laughs> it doesn't say, I guess, forever, huh? Oh. You know, I know how, how much you hate. I was gonna say I know how much you hate primates. <laughs> I hate them so fucking much. And the millipede would just be like, you'd get used to it over time. It's just like, yep, there he is again. But <laughs> that fucking monkey, day. that fucking monkey, I did, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't eat. I couldn't be anywhere near couldn't it. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't sleep. If you just had a millipede up your sleeve, then you just got a friend close. You have an invisible friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably fine. You know what? That's probably what all the itches on our bodies are anyways. Oh, I'm sure. Ghost millipedes Status quo. The Nagging Natural... Oh, sorry. The Nagging Naturalist podcast wrote in. Thank you. She said, would you rather work in a haunted exhibit with ghosts that whisper moist in your ear throughout the day or feel like every half hour you've walked through a spider web at work? Oh my god, I hate walking through spider webs. The chaos of these would you rather I'm doing the moist because that word doesn't bother me and also bitch doesn't know why I'm gonna whisper back. <laughs> I, would, I would find a word that skeeved them. I'm worse. Back. Oh, I'm worse. Yeah. I think you know what would be nice though? Is that I could probably like get that ghost whispering that in my ear, like on a schedule, and then I wouldn't have to carry around a, a watch. I would just know the time by how many minutes <laughs> they whispered at me. It's five moist afternoon. <laughs> That'd be pretty nice, right? And then I wouldn't feel like I've got the heebie-jeebies from all the cobwebs. Oof. 
I really don't. I hate. I do that thing when I'm walking in the morning where you just like hold your hand out in front of you and you swipe oh. it up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down as you walk and you look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. But you know what's worse than looking like a fucking idiot? A spider web in your face and a spider on your face and in your hair. Yeah, like in your eye or in your mouth. Pass. Awful. Hate it. Uh, hard pass. Hate it. <laughs> uh, okay, so then our last one that we're going to do is from Shelby Rondo 97 Thank you for writing in. She said, so there's a ghost cat in your house. Would you rather hear it purring, hissing, meowing? Or feel it occasionally rub up against you? Again, the I would, invisibility. <laughs> I've got to feel it because if I hear another cat in this home, <laughs> I'm going to fucking lose it. These two motherfuckers, all they're doing is bitching at me. Day in, day out, screaming. The cat Mia was screaming this whole podcast. I don't think you can hear it, thank God, because she's on the other side of the room. But it, when you're editing it, just listen close, because the bitch was yelling at me for, like, at least 20 of these minutes. <laughs> if I heard one more and it didn't come from, like, a body, I would I would pull out all my hair and I would jump off my balcony. I, it would not be good. No way. No way. It so can wanna... touch me. The millipede can join it. I don't fucking care. If I hear another meow, I'm losing it. Every invisible being nearby can come touch me, but come don't you touch dare me. fucking make a sound. <laughs> come touch me. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's free real estate. <laughs> oh, thank you everyone for writing in. We got a few others, uh, so make sure to follow us on Twitter if you want to get your would you rathers answered next time. It was very spooky. <laughs> Uh, but that's it. Thanks everyone for writing in. Um, thank you for both of the people that wrote in for their questions. Again, yeah, if you guys you. want to get a Q&D answered on air, you can send that to us at keeperchat at gmail.com. You can also follow us on all of our social media. Uh, keep an eye out for other past episodes as well. We've had like, I don't know, it's in the teens at this point, number of Q- actually no, it's in the 20s at this point, number of Q&Ds, where we've answered lots of different questions. So make sure to check out all of those and you can check out those in all of our previous regular episodes at keeperchatpodcast.com you can also check them out on every podcasting platform they're pretty easy to find yeah we out there if you guys would like to support the podcast we highly encourage you to join us on patreon.com slash keeperchat we have a few different tiers set up one is just a tip jar where if you want to keep us ad free and support what we're doing you can send that that way but we also have a five and a ten dollar tier both of which gets you lots of different access to bonus features so you get bonus episodes each month you get access to our discord where you can talk to us every single day we have movie nights we have game nights we have a book club we've got recipe sharing going on like there's it's a whole <laughs> wholesome community so we definitely recommend checking that out um you can also access behind the scenes content and you get to vote on episode topics and things like that so it's a really great resource if you're interested we would love to have you I'd love it. I'd love it. I love when you're there. <laughs> I love having you. Uh, also, we do what's called ratings and reviews, rat raves, where if you leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Podchaser, then we will donate $5 to a conservation organization of our patron's choice in your name. So it's a really great opportunity to donate money to conservation and to help spread the word about the podcast. We don't pay for advertising in any way, so this is our best bet. And getting people to come and hang out with us and listen to us. So we super appreciate everyone who's done that so far. Also, with our current cough-up coins for conservation or whatever the fuck it was at the beginning. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, yes, please, please uh, partake of that. We're so excited to be able to brand a man for life and do so in <laughs> the name life. of conservation. 
And so this is all very exciting and very weird, and we're happy to have you all as a part of it. So we look Yay. forward to seeing what everyone comes up with. We super look forward to seeing what's chosen, <laughs> and we can't wait. Yay. Anything else you want to add? No. I okay. have to use the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Time to go. Everyone have a great week. Smell <laughs> you later. Bye.